Hey, welcome to Real Talk, episode 147. I'm Todd, this is AJ, and we're back. Hello, folks. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Welcome, indeed. Behind the camera, the man, the myth, the legend himself. You know him. You love him. Fun turn, Clint. Hello, hello. There he is. His seductive voice, seducing you to keep listening. That's right. Why did I use seducing? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> what's Real Talk? Well, if you're new to the show... This is what it is. <laughs> Opportunity to talk about life, God, the Bible, and everything in between. Somewhere in the description of this show, whatever it is, you will see a link or something like that. www.theremnant.live slash real dash talk. The real in that is R-E-A-L. That's R-E-A-L as in real life. You uh, click that, go down all the way to the bottom to submit a question, hit the button. It's going to pop up a form fillable box. Boom, there it is. You tippity tap tap type your question, copy and paste your link, whatever else it is that That's you right. want us to discuss, and it goes into our database completely anonymously. Couldn't find us. I mean, you, and you can't find us either. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't find you if we tried. We couldn't find you if we tried. Boy, I tell you what, I was good there. <laughs> Till the end. So that's it. We're just a bunch of guys up to no good trying to start trouble in your neighborhood. Hey, there it is. Fresh Prince. Anyway, Fresh Prince. just kidding. We're just some guys that love Jesus and most of the time love life. We should, and <laughs> we, we, we talk about it and give you, give you, uh, give you our thoughts on it. We don't promise to have all the answers or even all the right answers, but we do promise to take your questions seriously um, because they deserve an answer. And uh, you know what? God's real, so He has uh, He has perspective on things. That's right, man. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. We should love life. <laughs> we should like it. <laughs> you know, you know, I can't wait for the day we have like a meet and greet or something, and people are like, "No, they're not actually like fully like this all the time." And then they beat oh, us. Yeah. And oh, yeah, like, oh, no. oh yeah, oh yeah, yes, 100%. it is. Good, bad, in between. This is who we are. As that's people. right, all of it. So that's it. That's the gist of it, AJ. Uh, yes. How you doing in your life? <laughs> still, uh, <laughs> still living. I see. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love life. <laughs> There you go. You should. You know that? You should. <laughs> you should. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm learning is... <laughs> Dang it. This hasn't happened in a long time. I'm, I'm listening. I want to hear. One thing I've realized that, um, that I'm still working through that, you know, it's really, it's held me back a lot is <laughs> I, I didn't even say anything that I time. Know, I just, All right, I just, I'm sorry. I, I was you. fighting it. I saw you at look you. at me in my peripherals. <laughs> okay, sorry, guys. It's Yeah, sorry, guys. It's ridiculous. We're professionals. Semi. Semi, yeah, semi-pro. Um, yeah, so I've been really trying to work on... I view A lot of the time I can view situations as it's other people's fault a lot of the time. And mm. it's funny because I think a lot of the time I'm not trying to do that, but it's the way I come off. Mm -hmm. So, like, a lot of the time I am blaming myself. Like, I am mad that this situation happened because mm -hmm. it's my fault. But when I try to talk about the situation, I talk about it in a way that it's other people's fault. And, I, and I'm trying to fix that because I realize that can really make people not want to talk to you. <laughs> You know, like, like <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I, I mean, mean, you know, because it's, it's probably frustrating if, if you know, if it feels like someone's constantly trying to put the blame on you. So it's like, I want to take responsibility in doing better with that and also just owning up to things. I think there's times where I try to only half own up to things 
and I can use that the excuse of trying to explain a situation. Mm. You know, so I think that that's another part of it. I think there's times where I do understand, but I'm trying to like explain my piece without fully taking ownership, which is just not right either. So that's one thing that that's one of the latest things I've realized about my own life is I just really need to. I don't know, man. It's kind of like what I've said, I don't know, maybe a month or maybe like three weeks ago. It's like just that continuation of taking ownership of life. Mm. That's one thing that um, I want to keep growing in because I know I have a long ways to go. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. And just, you know, beating my, my feelings a lot of the time, especially lately. You know, I've been very anxious lately, and I've been letting that kind of run me. And I'm realizing that my, my anxiety kind of, excuse me, it runs a lot deeper than I thought it did to where, like, it's it's almost like a, I don't know, man. It's just a, it's just a battle, you know. It's hard for me to, because so, sometimes I don't even see it, right? Like, sometimes I don't even see the anxiety. I just think, like, it's reality. Mm. <laughs> and I don't even think of it as, like, oh, like, you're just being anxious. Like, this is not, like, you can do something, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's been, that's something that, I know I can overcome because I have before. And so just trying to, I guess, get back to, okay, what what can I do in those moments when I recognize it? And how can I, because the more I recognize it, the more it's good, I, I can beat it. So, because there's times where I just kind of act on it. I'm a reactor mm. lately. Mm. So instead of reacting to situations, I'm trying to take a step back and, okay, slow down what's happening and then go from there. So... Because I feel like when I slow down, I'm not as anxious. <laughs> Makes know? sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at, you know, just lately as far as um, <clears throat> just like mentally, you know, trying to overcome those things. So, And I know it's going to be a long process because, man, it's just sometimes for me, I'm, I'm a very short, <laughs> short-term guy a lot of the time. Like my mind thinks that like things can just be overcome tomorrow, <laughs> which is just not true. It's a process. So. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Overall, though, I mean, I'm pretty solid, you know, honestly. Like, I'm just very thankful. Um, you know, aside from, like, being anxious, I'm just I'm just so thankful to have the friends I have, to have you guys, um, to have this church, you know. Um, I take it for granted a lot, man, like, the situation I'm in, because I know old AJ, like, who knows what, what, where he could be. You know, and I, I don't think about that enough, I don't think, because it doesn't make me as thankful. Mm. So, yeah, man, I'm just thankful. Good time. Good time of year to be thankful, man. It's true. Look what I did. A little taller. So, anyway. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taller, I think. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about the mic. Uh, it gets annoying to do this. You had a hunch? Yeah. Yeah. I need to get some new mics anyway. Because uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm like... Yeah, we could. Yeah, man, uh, I think that's pretty cool for you to admit to everyone, though, you know, that sometimes, because anyone that knows your heart, I would assume, would, you know, we don't think that's who you are, where you're like, eh, it's your fault. Um, going back to your initial question, your initial point about, yeah. you know, coming across that way, and sometimes I think we what we want, I don't know if this is how you would describe it, but it's like, you want people to know there's a reason why. And it isn't just because you don't want to do a good job or you wanted whatever thing to happen, but it can come off like, hey, 
it's your fault yeah. somehow. Yeah, and that's not what you're meaning. Yeah, that's or a good no, way to put fault, it. their fault, their fault. Right. The other person. Yeah, like, I'm trying to explain the situation as, yeah. like, why, and then it can come off as, like, it's your fault. Yeah, that's, Speaking that's of, perfect. There's people out there listening that might be that. Listen, one of the most, this is just me, I don't know how you guys feel, excuse me, off-putting things in a person's personality. And it's really sad because I can think of one guy who sort of symbolizes this that I've met in my life, but a lot of people do this, and he's never wrong. He never makes mistakes. Um, and most of the time, if you're that person that you really struggle to admit mistakes, admit that you're wrong. Yeah. Um, and this guy's not in my life anymore. Um, but it's sad because there would be times that this guy, I'll just call him Bob. It's always an easy name. Mm-hmm. It's not his real name. This guy named Bob, you know, he's a fairly likable guy when you first meet him, good conversationalist. But then by the end of it, he's never wrong. And he, he like lives or dies on every hill versus some you're not. And it's it's okay to be confident in what you believe, but when – faced with reality and you're one of those people that just just is always right i guess i don't know it's just either a know-it-all and or always right cannot admit it wrong you think it i think those people think they come off as confident and like that they're looked at as leaders and looked at as kind of like successful and they're really not you're looked at and it's one of those those traits in people that we all see and don't like, and we we don't really say anything to the person because it's awkward, but we sort of avoid the person, yeah. Or they don't, we don't get close to them, and, and yeah, that's you know. Anyway, great. just a random thought it has nothing to do with you, but it made me think of people that do that intentionally, and I think that's why you are, you know, you you're different because you are aware that you don't ever want to come off that way, which yeah. you don't, you don't come no. off like that. To encourage you, <clears throat> thank you. Um, but I don't know. If, if no one knows what I'm talking about, that'll sound crazy. No, I dude, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because a lot of the time it's funny because, like you said, they, they are likable at first. Yeah. And it's hard, though, because those you find yourself like you don't – they're hard to talk to mm-hmm. because com- conversations are really hard to be like, for lack of a better word, productive as far as like even just trying to have a, yeah. st- a basic conversation. It's really hard to because if you try to mention anything, there's either some sort of rebuttal or there is like a a one up, like there's just something every time, and it's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to have a conversation with somebody. <clears throat> so really I'm, I'm with you, man. So, just a little thought: if you're one of those people out there, you know that you've been told that you're never wrong, or you know you think people kind of avoid talking to you, ask yourself if you're one of those people that is a know it all slash you can't admit when you're wrong. Hmm. You know, because it's it's humility to be able to do that and plus you don't look like an insane person that's good because those people look crazy when they you know you're like are you literally everyone knows one of these people oh yeah um and sometimes they can be successful people you know i worked in banking for a little bit and you know there were people like that and it's like you don't even talk to them because it's like (sighs) you or you dread picking up the phone to call them so anyway it just kind of reminded me yeah that's good that uh as far as the other stuff being grateful kind of i don't know if you realize this is a special week. It is Christmas. That's right, man. Christmas so week. So you, in the spirit of Christmas, are saying, I am grateful I am, for man. what I have. I am. I am truly blessed, man. Like, I can, a lot of the time I can look at my life, dude, I'm like, man, like, I don't, I don't just sit back and go, dude, what a, what a cool place you're in. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the circumstances of anything, really. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> take a look around and realize how, how incredible all this is, you know, mm. went from a room by yourself all the time, sad, didn't want to get out of bed, didn't eat, like, <laughs> he you really know, didn't. to, <coughs> you know, 
bunch of people who love me unconditionally, and I mean that because I've done a lot of dumb crap, and everyone's still here with me, you know, went from that to all these people, and, you know, I don't have to worry about food. I don't have to worry about, like, you know, when I really think about it, I don't have to worry about anything. It's just unless it's me. I'm worried unless it's me worrying about it myself and how I'm trying to do it alone, I have no reason to worry. And, like, that's pretty cool, man. So awesome. I am thankful. But how are you doing? And Merry man? Christmas. Oh, thank Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, fun turn. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was um, but yeah, how are you doing, man? How's how's your week been? Where you at? I feel like I had something to talk What's about. What's the road? Where you yeah, at? I'm traveling the road down the highway of life. Yeah. So um well, I guess I'll tell a story brief when I talk to you guys about this. This is probably the biggest, like, this is the serious thing, and then we'll talk about some fun. So one is, I'll talk about later after the serious mm-hmm. mopey part. I loved Christmas growing up. We've talked, interestingly, remember our Santa Claus conversation? Yes. Months ago, that had, which is so weird that back then we talked about Santa, and now it's Christmas, and we were going to do nothing with a Christmas episode at all. Mm-hmm. This is who we are. Because <laughs> um, we have not... Really? We have some Christmas questions that came in, which yeah. is good. But um, So I'll talk about that. So here's what I realized. So this Sunday, my good brother, I can say his name, he wouldn't care, Brandon, goes mm-hmm. to our church, friend of mine, brother. So he comes up to me at church, and I'm kind of running in between stuff, and he says, hey, Todd. I go, yeah. Typically, a lot of times it's not good news. Not from him, people in general. So he just said, hey, man, I just wanted to let you know that like your joyful attitude and your, your positive attitude has really just been really encouraging for me and really helped keep me, keep me uh, I don't know, beat or something. Like, so I really appreciate that. And that came out of nowhere. Super nice, first of all, that he just took a moment to, uh, to encourage me. Right yeah, now. I Sorry, someone broke into our studio when I offered to let them up earlier, just so everyone knows. So the studio here is in our church upstairs. I go downstairs for a restroom break earlier. I tell the people, if you want to come up, come up now. Because we don't want you to be, you know, stomping and thumping like they're doing right now at this moment. And um, there, there they are. And here's the thing. I specifically say, come up now. And the guy looks at me, okay? And he's like, nah. And clearly... My guess is it's Kenny G because he doesn't care about anybody. Right? <laughs> just Kenny, walked up. Kenny G. Not the famous musician. Yeah. Right? And he just came up and he kicked our door open. That, by the way, has a door stopper behind it. It doesn't take that as a sign that maybe I shouldn't kick the door in. And just stomps around in his work boots. All right? Which you guys probably can't hear, but it's very distracting. Very distracting. Um, if, if you could see me behind all of this, you almost I went out up, there, didn't you? Yeah, I yeah. looked up with this look of rage of just why they why? don't understand. Why? Me. We're squirrels. It's hard to keep track. Anyway. It is true, man. It anyway, so he comes wrong. up and says this, yeah, to me, Brandon, and which is really encouraging. But the thing I remember thinking was like, what the? I haven't. I I don't feel like I've been overly joyful or happy at all. Right. So later that night, I bring this up. I'm like, hey, someone said this really encouraging thing, but it was kind of weird because I don't think I was being nice and. They said, Todd, you don't realize how angry you have looked <laughs> for like two months or three weeks. I'm like, what? I go, yeah, your body language and face. You were very, very angry looking. So as soon as I said it to you two both, by the way, you both were like, oh, yeah, yeah, you did. Right? And I didn't even realize it because, you know, I didn't realize it. So it was kind of funny. 
So that's a, kind of a weird thing. And I'll, and I'll kind of share with you what I've kind of learned from this. So interestingly, it coincided with me being much more intentional in my prayer time, mm. this joyfulness all of a sudden, for real. So I had this really intentional prayer time um, where I'd kind of caught myself getting in the, in the rhythm of I'm going to kill whoever's out there. I want to right now stop the show and go out there and find out who it is. Okay, push pause. We're coming right back at you. <laughs> yeah, to be continued. Hey, we're back. So after some investigation, I just want to point out, right in the middle of my story, I had to stop. That 100%, I was correct. It was Kenny G, Cowboy Kenny, who cares nothing about humans. All right? So I go out there... <laughs> And they should call the nickname for, for our other intern, all right? Louisiana hot sauce. That's what I'll call it. All right. So, so happy. Louisiana hot sauce. <laughs> so Louisiana hot sauce is one of our interns, okay? And I go out and I knew it wasn't him. Ask me why I knew. But and I told you this. His martial arts. Because his martial arts background. He walks like a cat. I knew it wasn't him. It was Cowboy Kenny, who who I'm gonna tell you guys, I don't know if I ever told you this. Sometimes I think he does these things intentionally. You know, kind of like apes. You ever seen an ape in the jungle? I haven't personally seen them, but I've watched videos. Yeah. And they'll like throw rocks and make sounds to let everybody know they're the silverback. Right. I feel like he does that. And he stomps on around. Oh, anyway. <laughs> so anyway, we'll just get back to it. I just want to point out I was right. Dude, that was so. So we went out there. We caused a little havoc. We laid the law down. Back. Anyway, what I learned was this. Going back to my grumpiness that I was joyful. So it coincided with prayer, getting back in my prayer life, guys, because, you know, and I encourage those listening, it's so easy, like, ask yourself this, if you're a Christian out there, okay, you're a disciple, a true Christian, go, you consider yourself, how, how much time do you spend in the disciplines, right, and that's a word maybe we need to talk about sometime, mm -hmm. but like, in the Bible, and praying, and talking to God, and, you know, prayer can become such a a routine, you yep. know, and that's okay. It's good to have times to do it, you know, after before meals and at bed. So it's not the time that makes things a routine. It's where your mind goes to autopilot and you're just saying the same thing. And I, that's right. you know, I had started to almost repeat the same type of thing, like it was a magic spell. And so I'd caught myself. I, th I even shared this with you, I think, before yeah. it happened and really just talked to God and realized I was living out of a lot of anxiety, interestingly, and it would affect my prayer. A lot of times, you know, yeah, I feel dude. guilty, so I go to to talk to God about it and mm -hmm. repent, you know, and meaning kind of acknowledge it in my heart. And it became this fear-based thing. So when I changed that, it's just interesting that naturally I started having more joy. Okay, so that's, that's so the first crazy, thing. Right, and, that it, and that it was, I hadn't told people, that. I think I'd mentioned to you guys, but you weren't the ones that say it. And it was tangibly noticeable. The it's second convicting. thing, huh? It's convicting. Exactly, dude. And the second thing is it made me realize that you know, we have an effect on people whether we want to admit it or not, and we don't live in a vacuum. Also convicting. Right? So when we are, you know, we have an attitude of, it could be anything. It could be anger. It could be sadness. It could be, um, and I'm not talking, it's not wrong to feel sad, but if we don't address it, you know those people. We call them mopey around here, kind yeah. of like droopy dog. I'm so sad. Right? But you don't really deal with it. And I ask you if you're sad, and you say, no, I'm fine. Yep. I think we don't realize the effect we have on people. So it was really convicting. And it all came about, and I think I shared with you guys, it all came about through a positive thing. And it was like God was teaching me some things in through a positive experience rather than negative. Because a lot of times I think I internally, maybe because of the way I was raised sometimes, mm -hmm. I tend to think that I, that 
you know, you only learn, I only learn lessons through being spanked or whipped, like through, through punished. Yeah. So it was cool to to be able to be gently reminded of, Hey, you know, when you're close to me, you're naturally a different person, which is what the Bible says. And it's a supernatural thing. That's so cool, man, because it just reminds me of like, it just, it's God, right? Like God knows, knows you and like he knows his timing is perfect in anything he ever does. So it's just cool that he gave you a gentle reminder because yeah. he knows, like, sometimes you need that. You need the gentle reminders. You don't need to get slapped upside the head. All the time. Right. It always reminds me of uh, a psalm that probably doesn't mean a ton to a lot of people. I know people will, you know, will talk about it, but it it is always spoken to me. I wasn't even looking through This was years ago. I read through psalms. And it's it's this idea of a tree planted between... In my mind, it's always been two streams. So, like, there's a, a stream and a stream, and then right in between is a tree. And, like, mm-hmm. so it's getting water from both sides, you know. And it's just, this is Psalm 1, verse 1. How happy is the man who does not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path of sinners or dro- join a group of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates it on day and night. He is like a tree planted between stream. I'm sorry. He's like a tree planted beside streams of water. That bears its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Man, dude. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they're like chaff that the wind blows away. I think that's interesting because when when we're healthy, you know, in our relationship with God, we're like a healthy tree that doesn't wither and it kind of stands firm versus the wicked who don't set, they're not connected to God, their relationship. They don't have a relationship. They're kind of blown to and fro like dried grass that's torn up, right? Yeah. Because by the, they're, they're kind of blown aside by the circumstances of life. Whereas when we are with the Lord, meaning we're in communion and in relationship with them, we don't do that. And it says, therefore, the wicked will not survive. The judgment sinners will not, will not be in the community of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. So it's interesting. I was just looking at my Bible, too, where it says... Planted beside streams of water can also be translated or beside irrigation canals. So it's even more powerful, huh. right? Irrigation. It's it's intentionally being fed. So That's for right. me, I always took from that. It always sticks in my mind that like, it's kind of funny how it works. It's not the super powerful verse. But it's always been like, man, when I do that, I'm like a, a healthy tree being irrigated. Yeah, man. You know? And Yes, that is so convicting, that dude. It does, man, because it, and it's so good because it makes me think of, like, I like how you said, like, when you're not, it's, like, to and fro. Like, you're just, yeah. like, you're just kind of being. Circumstances mm-hmm. just kind of blow you around. And I found that true to, to, to be true in my life. I don't yes, know about you. me too. Yeah. And I like how they use a tree because then it just reminds me of, like, roots. Yes, like, it's good. Yep, water, you know, it goes into the root and it grows and makes you and you're stronger and Strong. it's just it's cool man. and you're planted right yes. you're solid that's right versus kind of like what are those called in old westerns the things that would blow tumbleweed that's what i view in my mind like the wicked are like a tumbleweed they just blow wherever mm-hmm. the wind takes them so yep. wind being the circumstances of life it's really good man and that's what i love about jesus and, and i've said this before is you know jesus does not lie to us he doesn't say unlike a lot of wor- worldly made-up religions that things are going to be perfect and great if you do X, Y, Z. He's saying, listen, this world, there will be trials and tribulations. The promise I give you is that I love you. I'll never leave you. I'll equip you to get through it. 
and that someday I'm going to make it all better. I'm going to fix it, yeah. right? And in the midst of that, we can have joy despite the circumstances of this broken world. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, that's the one thing. So led to all that. Two, Christmas, magical time of year. Right. And as everyone knows, AJ, well, Clint, let's start with you. Let me, we'll come to AJ in a moment. Okay. Clint, you know, I think we got this question. I'm going to look here. I'm pretty sure. Maybe, AJ, you ask it or you, do you have me ask it? The one about Christmas? Um, Cause there's one on, or did you take it out? It's you. Eight. It's number five. Okay, so, no, not that one. Oh, number six here. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Listen to this. I'd oh, love, let's just good. do this right now instead of a question. So whoever asks this, great. We're going to use it to be our qu- Christmas theme here. Nice. So this leads me to a question real quick. Okay. I know I'm all over the place, guys. You got you to gotta pick. You want Mopey Todd or Wild Crazy Todd? I love Wild Crazy Todd. So, starting with you. Well, fun turn. Was Christmas a big deal to you as a kid? Not, not, not necessarily you and your family, but to you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Christmas is actually the only holiday that, like, I will not work. I actually, it is the only time around the year. Even when I started working as a kid, like, yes, it was big for my family, but it was particularly big for me. So, mm-hmm. like, we, I refuse to work around Christmas usually. So, Christmas Eve, I will not work. I will not work Christmas Day. I will not work the day after Christmas. Uh, and it's a Sorry. big deal at my work because they know I'll work pretty much any other holiday, even Thanksgiving. And, but Christmas is the, was the big thing for me where I'm like, yeah, I, I don't like that. So that being said, and I can't remember. You don't have to go into this. Were mm-hmm. you a Santa believer as a little kid or no? Yeah. Like your family? Okay. Just curious myself. I know this is a hot-button topic. I'm not judging you. <laughs> I'm judging uh, you. People. I said I'm not. <laughs> uh, what is, you get this, what's your favorite Christmas memory, Clintonius Pilate? I shouldn't call him that. It's Pontius Pilate who... Who sentenced Jesus to death? So, anyway, <laughs> come on. my bad. Um, turn. I think uh, one of my favorite, probably Christmas memories was just I think uh, um, it was probably one of the years that like everybody was home for Christmas uh, yeah. and we got to just sit down. It was like the night before. Actually, I rem- I don't remember exactly the exact night, but just like the day night before Christmas. I think we went to. Actually, I don't know if we. Yeah, we did go to Christmas Eve service that year, and then we we came back. We like cooked like some cozy foods. Uh, my mom had gotten like breakfast ready to go for in the morning, like these giant burritos. And then sounds good. I'm hungry. We like watched. We did our tradition, which was watch uh, Griswold's Family Christmas. Nice. It's my dad. If we were gonna do a tradition, that was the only movie that he was gonna watch, and uh, watch that. And then we'd go to bed, and then wake up in the morning, and it was just like this. And then that wake up in the morning was always very. So was that a specific time you're remembering, or just um, that's just the when you think of Christmas, that's kind of like. That's, a, that's kind of what I think about when I think about Christmas. There is a specific time in mind where it was just it just was like nice out. It was one of like the last few times that it snowed. It was a white Christmas, and it was just mm. it was nice. It was cozy, and I was like, this 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 is nice. That's awesome. Mm. We'll go, I think we'll do each. AJ, favorite Christmas oh, yeah. memory. I have a very specific one. All right, I'd love to hear it. I can't remember how old it was. I was probably, if I had to guess, I was probably seven or eight, maybe, when I woke up Christmas morning and I walked into the living room. To my delight, there was a giant WCW wrestling set set up with all the wrestlers hanging from all the hooks and stuff. Now, was it? What do you mean set? Like it, it, it was a ring, but oh, it, it was nice. more than a ring. It came with a ring and it had like these posts. Where you could put the wrestlers on them. Oh yeah, and it was just oh. a whole like. And it was already set up. Mm-hmm. It was oh, set man. up, and the wrestlers were already there. I was, oh, I was, I was 
hollering and hooting. I was, I was stoked. Oh, man. That's yeah. Cool. So that was probably, I, I definitely remember, like, that exact moment. And I remember, like, oh, I just went running in there screaming. <laughs> probably woke, woke up mom and dad. But, uh, yep, and I was just going to town on those wrestlers, like, all day. So that that is a very specific one I remember. That's probably easy that's my awesome, favorite. Man. Yep. Yeah. Um, I would say it's funny when you describe them. You can really see that, you know, in your head. Oh, uh, yeah. So I have two, kind of two memories. Christmas is a huge deal. Still is to my mom, particularly. I love Christmas, too, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I really appreciate that about my mom is that she really wanted to make holidays special. And Christmas, um, Christmas is a big deal. And so... You know, to this day, my parents, well, unless it's changed, they haven't been there, uh, but they don't put the presents out the, the night before. They put, them, they put them out. You know, Santa just shows up sometime mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. That's right. So looking back, you know, my parents would wait up for Santa, I guess, and uh, it was pretty cool. But um, two things I remember, and I don't know why this sticks in my head. One was I remember getting these toy swords, and they were hard. Like Looking back, man, it was before, like, they softened everything in this world, and they were like, those could break your bones. <laughs> but I loved them. They were like Robin Hood swords, nice. and I had a sword and a dagger. Anyone knows I love swords. For some reason, that one stood out to me. Um, just gift for some reason. It's the craziest thing. Um, as far as actual other memories, I mean, like I said, Christmas was always really special in my house, So, uh, in my parents' house, my mom. So I, they all kind of blend together because they were just always great. Mm-hmm. Um, the night before... But we uh, we always got to open one present the night before that was from like someone else, oh, so like cool. an uncle or something. Um, we also got ornaments every year, which was cool. Like we would go get one ornament, oh, pick cool. one out. So, nice. Yeah, my mom would take us out to get a special ornament. Um, but the other one I remember, we also our movie, my favorite movie, one of my fa- as an adult man. In fact, I'm going to watch it. One of my favorite movies is Muppet Christmas Carol. Have you ever watched the Muppet Christmas? Of course not. We'll get to that. Muppet Christmas Carol is I've kind of is one of the greatest tellings of the Christmas Carol, meaning Ebenezer Scrooge you'll ever find. You haven't watched it either, have you? The fact uh, that you guys haven't, I own it on DVD. Oh yeah, we as watched a grown it man. Once. Yep, I've listen. You watched it once. That means you didn't really watch my dad, it. My dad was really into the Muppets. So it's an incredible. Uh, you're not a fan. Don't ever say that. <laughs> you're not. You're not. Uh, you're anyway, not a fan. I absolutely love love that. But the other one was, and to this day, I can't have people tell me this isn't true. I went to bed, and I'm going to be mocked for this, telling you guys. And I'm telling you right now, I heard the reindeer on my roof. And I remember it clear as day. The sound's like, oh, my God. That's Santa. Santa's here. And I was like, I've got to fall asleep or he will not come down. And, dude, somehow, man, you know, you pass out what you think's for 10 minutes. Because I would always, I was always first one up. And it was always cool, too. Because, so I would sneak out at, like, three, man. And I can still see there's something about all the lights off. The tree on, and you, you go to bed, no presents, and wake up, and there's and presents under the tree, and it's glistening off the paper, man. And I would go in, like, because we were allowed to wake my parents up at 6 a.m. You couldn't wake them up before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would go and, like, look at all of them, see you got the big ones, see which mm-hmm. ones are what. You know, it's just such, such a cool time. I think I did that, you know, even up into I was 20 when I'd stay, because my mom used to still have us, like, come home and want us to stay. She yep. probably still would if I would. I, um, yeah, I still do that. Yeah, me too. I, if I, I would. I don't. I haven't mm-hmm. in a while, but. Anyway, just a cool memory. Oh, yeah, man. So shout out to mom making Christmas special. Dad, too. Did but. you ever have a, uh, do you remember like a specific ornament that was your favorite that you ever picked? Um, I love Santa. Like, I was always, it's funny, I talk about it. So I would always pick like, you know, people get like, we would have themes, but every year I would get Santa. 
Some awesome. some version of Santa, like a little Santa guy. Nice. Um, so I just love Santa. Then then one year I've told this story. We we got Winnie the Pooh once. Mm-hmm. And mom kind of helped. Most of the time we got them ourselves. A couple times mom got them for us. And I got Eeyore, which is very symbolic. You know. <laughs> so yeah. Hey, all right, Christmas movie. Sorry, I took forever. Nice. Christmas movie. You already cut what's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, uh, probably Griswold's Family Christmas. Nice. AJ, you're a big watcher of you know, youthful, fun, childlike things. What was your favorite Christmas movie? Probably Jingle All the Way. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah, you know what's funny? I've never actually seen that. Really? Yeah. It's, it's pretty entertaining. I just laugh because he's never... Have you seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Not all of it. Frosty? Mm-mm. Not all of it. That's my point. But that's cool that you actually have one, Jingle All the Way. <laughs> yeah. That's he also kind of a magical movie because isn't he something in that movie? He is. A, I think he's, he's the superhero or something. What is he? He is like a dad trying to find That's this right. perfect toy for his son for Christmas. Uh, I thought there was some mystical end to it. <sighs> Maybe it's been I so long since I've seen it. There might be. I haven't watched it, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, mine I already years. told you. Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Five out of five. Ten out of ten. Hilarious, but also an actual like. It's actually a pretty serious movie, man. There's some scary parts in that. I'm gonna make you watch really? that. I have it on DVD. I'm in, man. I'll watch it. You will love it. Okay. So Christmas song, favorite one, fun term. Oh, jeez, man. <laughs> there is a favorite Christmas song. He doesn't even know any Christmas songs either. Do you want me to name some? Or? Uh, no, it, it's one by, uh, actually, it'd be Let It Snow by uh, Michael Buble. That's a great version of that. But yeah. it's Let It Snow by Frank Sinatra. Oh, you, of course you'd like a classic. Nice. Crooner. Clint could have been a, cl- a crooner, fun turn. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> anyway, go on. What do you got? Uh, My bad. I would probably just pick uh, what is it? Is it Silent Silent Night? <laughs> Silent Night. Yeah. yeah, I just like the like the, the tone of it. It, is, it does have a holy kind of. It really does yeah. f- have an awesome feel. Good choice, man. I kind of yeah. forgot about that one. Because even before I ever knew Jesus, like if I heard anybody yeah, sing that, like same I was here. like, dude, that's a cool song. Did you? I want to know if anyone out there ever watched this. Because when I brought this up, very few people saw this. I know, you know, being in my early twenties, <laughs> that I a lot of you may not be in the same era of me. But here's the thing. It's a joke. Have you guys ever remember seen on TV? This is going to be so ridiculous. Carol, not Carolina, California Raisins Christmas Special. And it was Claymation. What? Wow. All right. Uh, fun turn. No, look it up. Never mind. The only fun, like, that's Claymation I ever remember is like Wallace and Gromit. So, like, I. You, you think you can put right here, AJ, a picture of. Uh, Small picture in this box of an area here oh, yeah. of the cl- of the you're gonna be able to find it California yeah. Raisins Christmas Special. I can definitely do that. All right, so you guys will see it right here. Anyway, oh, yeah. what made me think of that was Silent Night. It was the first time I'd ever heard that song, really, ever in my whole life as a kid, because wow. I didn't go to church either or anything. But it has all it even back then had a very holy feel to it. Yes. So anyway, um, I would say that's a good one, man. That's almost it's, hard to. Really... I like the feel of that mm-hmm. one, and I also like. Uh, I like Jingle Bell. Jingle Bell. Jingle, oh, yeah, that's Jingle Bell. Bell. Jingle Bells. I like the original Jingle yeah, Bells. Yeah, Jingle Bells is good, too. Right. Dude, another underrated one is Care of the Bells. I don't know if I know I that. I don't know if I know that either. I sang it for like four... Uh, I sang it all throughout middle school and high school. It's such nice. a good song when it's done right. And like I remember being like, so this is the words to that song that we hear on TV all the time. Because there's actually... There's words that go with the... Oh, that's that song? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that's what that was huh. called. Me either. Yeah. Huh. I had no idea. Um, all right. Favorite Christmas food or that food that you have on. The thing I like about this one is that people, no, man, it's like people eat different stuff I found. Hmm. Like certain people's staples of their Christmas meal is different than, like it kind of goes by family I've noticed. 
Anyway, what do you got? So we would just eat dinner. Um, <laughs> it could also be dinner. candy canes, AJ. It could be anything. What? But uh, we, it was typically the morning that was always interesting for us because we would we would make breakfast. Or we'd have a pre-made yeah, breakfast that was, that was like pre-made the night before. So it, it wasn't like a full-out breakfast. It'd be like a breakfast casserole or one of a... Nice. My mom figured out how to make like breakfast burritos and like found this oh, recipe cool. online. And they would make... And these burritos are like... That big. Oh, like wow. Around, like, that's around. Like, length was like that long. I guess, yeah, Literally. I didn't think they were this short. Yeah. Oh, dude, they were, they were huge, burrito and they were awesome. Like egg roll. That does sound good. Yeah, she doesn't make them very often burrito anymore, bowl they were awesome. That sounds amazing. A burrito ball. Yeah, you should, hey, fun turn Clint's mom. You'll never watch this, but if you do, get this guy a breakfast burrito. He loves them. He loves oh, He misses. He loves you, too. <laughs> and he loves you, too, fun turn dad. He does. Anyway. <laughs> Clint's Man. Like, don't make me. Uh, dude, favorite food. I'm gonna. I guess I'll just go with the candy cane because I feel like we didn't really do, <laughs> like, like I, we didn't really like, you know, the night before. Like, just a you guys have Christmas meal, like Christmas Day. You didn't do anything special for a meal on Christmas Day. Nah, Interesting. Man, we would wake up. What about up. like your grandmas or something? You, you guys didn't get together with the extended family. Christmas Eve. Well, I guess we didn't on extended. Oh, okay. So you did. Okay. So what was Christmas Eve? There you go. What was the meal? Um, it'd be like the same as like any other family get together. So like you'd have like your so what's your favorite ham from that? or your, like your turkey. So what's your favorite from that? Dinner rolls. <laughs> that is so. Hey, you heard it here first. AJ's favorite Christmas meal is Christmas dinner rolls. And a candy cane. Are you lying about the candy cane, or do you actually like candy canes? I like candy canes. Yeah, I don't too. eat them very often, but I actually do like candy canes. You know what? We should go buy some candy canes. I'm in. Yeah, we really I like the green ones. We haven't done a single candy cane. We haven't done year. a singular Christmas-themed thing. Never. And as you can tell on the show, we're ready for... Hey, you could put that hat on. Oh! I actually took this out. To put oh, it on? I took this out because I remembered it was Christmas season. Mm. There you go. And now, this has officially become a Christmas episode. Nice. It's a Christmas miracle. That's right, man. And uh, KO there, for That's everyone right. to know, that is uh, who? Kevin Owens. Who is? A wrestling superstar. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Christmas. And I have nothing. Oh, yeah, I do. You know what? You do? We have one thing here, because we were ready. As you can see, here is my Reese's reindeer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Merry <laughs> Christmas. Nice, dude. We did it. This really terribly affects my hearing. Everything sounds so... Thank you. Nice. Here we go. Y'all gotta hear me. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) So, that's cool. And uh, you said your favorite food was the burritos, and you had rolls. Mine, we did our meal on Christmas Day, so we wouldn't eat. It would be like a thing... Essentially like Thanksgiving again. Yeah, it it was similar. So, I would say mine is either my mom's dressing, um, turkey dressing, or... Excuse me, it's homemade, so... Or this stuff, which you you know I've talked about, this stuff called orange salad, which I absolutely mm-hmm. love. Yep, you've, um, you've talked about orange mm-hmm. salad. Um, my mom would sometimes make her famous peanut butter candy, which I absolutely love. In fact, I'm going to text her after this show's over and ask for some. Mm, that, so that's that was, it. My mom had a famous dessert she'd do for everybody, but I didn't like it. It was called Cherry Delight. Of course she didn't like it. Was it, was it like creamy? Yeah, it was like a, it almost <clears> like it was like a form of a pie, but not a pie. Mm. I don't know. It was it, kind it was, of a whipped topping. Yeah. Well, to this day. To nice. this day, one of my favorite pies ever made for some odd reason, and I thought I'd hate it, mm-hmm. is my mom's pecan pie. Hmm. I love Ooh, my I mom's love, pecan I used to love pie. pecan pie. And pecan honestly, pecan. guys, we should contact my mom because she just makes pies. Like, she's, she's, 
and she doesn't have one specific. Well, clearly dessert. we should she contact just, her because we we are known for. I do love pie. She makes tons of pie. She makes a peanut butter pie that my dad absolutely loves. We'll what, have to what? smuggle it out of the house. You know what's weird about me and my love of pie? I think I've told you this. I'm not a huge peanut butter pie fan. What? Yeah, is unless pe- it's very thick. I don't peanut- like the ones that are kind of like pudding. It is thick. That's what I've I never like. had peanut butter pie, but is it literally just the crust and peanut butter? Is that literally it? It's it's no. like. Let me let me. I just want to be clear on what what you just described. So in your mind, peanut butter pie is a pie crust mm-hmm. where someone takes a spoon and just throws peanut butter in it and flattens it out. Is that what you're telling me? I, it's I, yeah. <sighs> There you go. I would like it. Me too. That's what How I are you like. going to cut that, a piece of that, AJ? It's so nice. <laughs> okay. Is go there we go. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hey, man, I really would like to try Moss peanut butter pie if it's a oh. thick kind. What else is oh, in yeah. peanut butter but pie? My, <laughs> somebody get this guy a peanut butter pie. All right? Long story mom. short, though, before I uh, – my whole point of it, that I only like them if they're thick. I don't like peanut butter like cream pies. I'm not mm. a cream – but I love fruit pies. Mm. Have you ever had strawberry pie? Now, a lot of people have strawberry rhubarb. That's probably what you've had. Uh, No, I've never had strawberry rhubarb. Have you had strawberry? No, my mom didn't make that one. I got to pull this I do not like rhubarb pie. I don't like rhubarb. Rhubarb is essentially kind of like a a green. It's like a wild green, you know? Sort of like a a celery. And they put it in there, and I hated it, man. And I was like, why can't we just have the strawberry without... Um, the rhubarb. Do you remember that time someone made us a strawberry jalapeno or a jalapeno pie? That was uh, Jane. Jane Finger. Yep, Jane and some others. Yeah, that is uh, this a rhubarb pie? Remember, I ate it thinking that it was actually kind of good, and it tore me apart. Yeah, it's because it was jalapeno. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is is yeah. that a is that a rhubarb? Yeah, the strawberry and then rhubarb. Uh, yeah, that's kind of. I think that's rhubarb right there. Okay, gotcha. You can find rhubarb in the wild. Huh? I used to beat people with it, uh, like fight, like. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Let's, this has been quite a show, and this time I'm the reason it's chaotic. So I apologize to everyone. I love it. Hey, I love it. Let's dive into our questions. We got some great ones today. Okay. AJ, fun turn. Interesting question we start with. Do people still see angels today? If so, have you guys ever seen one? So perhaps it's best to start with have you ever seen one? And then I personally, I'm trying to think back on times because I, you know, I don't think I have. Um I've heard stories of people. Really? Possibly. You know? Uh yeah, yeah. Like I've heard of people saying, like, there's just something different about that person. And then when I went to go see something see them again, they were gone. I was like, that's crazy. And I don't think I've had something like that happen. Um I don't know why, but when when they when I saw this question, it reminded me of that one movie. It's like one of my favorite movies ever, but it's about an angel. It's a Christian not Christian, uh Oh, Nicholas Cage. Oh, City of Angels. I love that movie. Goo Goo Dolls. Makes mm-hmm. sense. It's the theme song. I know. Wrote it specifically for that movie. Um, Never seen that. Such a good movie. Anyway, Meg Ryan. We do not, we are not, what about her? She's pretty bad. She, yeah, she's that in that movie. Terrible. Is that what you were going to say? Uh, she, she was just in it. Like, Nicholas Cage, Meg Ryan. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> I always but, remember that. Uh, anyway, go on. Go on. Um... It's a cool concept, but yeah, and the song. Yep. But um, he loves Goo Goo Dolls. That's I do. I got a tattoo. Um, <laughs> yeah. So as far as me, I don't, I don't, I can't think of a time where like I even thought about like was that an angel? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think. Yeah. What about do you people still see angels today? I would say that's possible. 
I don't, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. Always reminds me of this verse in Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, I'll start at verse 1, but verse 2 specifically mentions. So Hebrews 13, 1 and 2 says, Let brotherly love continue. Don't neglect to show hospitality. Oh, gosh. Don't neglect. Let me start over. Let brotherly love continue. Don't neglect to show hospitality. For by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. That's insane. So to me, the implication is angels are still, you know, are around. And um, so I would say, yes, I think it's possible. I don't necessarily think that they're always you would know. And from what we see in Scripture, if someone were to see an angel in its real form, or at least it's close, they're going to fall down in absolute terror Mm -hmm. or worship because they always say either you don't have to be afraid or they say do not worship me kind of deal. So Um, crazy. Have I seen one? No. However, interesting story about this. So I have a guy that used to mentor me. Well, he's a pastor now, but a guy, a mentor I used to have, um, told a story one time. I remember it distinctly because we worked, the place where I worked, he had an office close by. Okay. So my office, me and my boss's office, we shared one, and then his office, like, he rented a space. Okay. He came in one time, and he just was acting really weird, it was, um, and he had stopped in to say hi. My, we, we met once a week as mentor, mentee as well, but I was like, well, what's going on, man? He eventually, he's like, I don't know. I'm tell you. And he told this story about being in his house or his, it might have been that office. Wow. And he, yeah, I think it was the office. He said he looked up, and he saw a figure standing there, and he kind of looked down and got, came out because he thought the person had stepped outside, and... This is what he claims. When he goes out, he doesn't see anyone, but he sees one feather floating in the air. That's all it was. Yeah, that's what he said. What he said. Wild. So whether it was feathered, you know, because that's sort of our thoughts, right? Um, But anyway, just figured I'd tell you that. The only time I've ever heard anyone claim to to see an angel, right? Yeah, I don't think I've ever had anybody directly be like, "I definitely was an angel." Um, But now, didn't didn't you have an interesting conversation with a man that you've never seen again? At the coffee shop here. Oh, in town. the Irish guy. Yes. Yeah, I did. And didn't you say he said like some wild stuff? I have it written in my journal. I can still remember it. Yes. I wish I had my journal so I could read it word for word. <laughs> so I went to a coffee shop and this guy came up to me. I was outside. I was sitting outside, which I don't go to coffee shops. So let's just get that in the open. I don't, it's not me. <laughs> but he comes up and he goes, "Oh, how you doing there?" Pure, perfect Irish accent. Way better than that. Reminds me of the time that I offended the Irish guy by going, "Hi, lad." And then I had to go, I'm so sorry. Remember that? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So this guy comes up, and it was weird, man, because he said, so I don't know, I, I can't remember anything of how I said this. Like, he just kind of dove in, what are, you, what are you up to? You know, what do you do for, what do you do? I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird, man. I, you know, uh, what do you, what do you meet for? I don't remember. I was like, I, I was, uh, you know, we're starting a church. Started a church, and we're trying to reach, kind of just gave him my, my view of it. Yeah. And, he goes, ah, oh, man, I'm gonna. I want to literally go get it right now and read it to you, word for word, um, because I'm gonna butcher what he said. Because I remember coming back and writing it down because I was so. So he said, oh, man, something like, there's a lot of darkness out there, a lot of something, something. It's gonna, man, I almost want to go get it and put a pause again because otherwise we the story is pretty powerful. Yeah, you we guys want to know? Should I go do this? Yeah, I love it, man. All right, guys, we'll be back. You won't even notice we're gone. Nope. It'll be just like this. So, couldn't find it. However, I will find it, guys, meaning I couldn't find my journal that was in. Yeah. It's in my oldest one. However, I will find it. I did remember, though, what he said. Mm-hmm. Most of it. <laughs> he said, there's a lot of darkness out there. There's a lot of hate, a lot of misery loves company. You've got to be, and this is the part I can't remember. I yeah. You've got to be strong 
to go in there to bring light or something like it. Very, very interesting. Almost, uh, for lack of a better word, prophetic for what ended up happening. A lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that happened. Um, so, I'll read it sometime. So, yeah. An Ir- and he was Irish. Fully Irish. Which is Wearing insane. a black, you know, had like a black suit and then... Never saw an Irish guy. Never knew him again. I disappeared. Never I mean, seen him. Never saw him. Never knew, never seen that Did guy. Did he quickly? Honestly, honestly, man, I'm not just trying to make I can't even remember him. I can't remember him walking off. I just remember him standing there. I'm not saying that he vanished. I'm just telling you I genuinely don't remember anything beyond wow. this guy's here at standing because I'm sitting at a table standing here talking and then whatever. So, Wow. Just a very friendly, nearly prophetic so, Irish guy. Or? So, like, you don't even remember, like, the, the, the conversation ending. Like, Mm-mm. wow. No, he, I, it was over after he made that comment. So, like, you, like, took that in and, like, he was gone. Yeah. Either he, like, you know, walked off or, yeah, it's a true story. Wow. When I find my journal, which I will, I'll put it on the next episode and I'll read it exactly. So Dude, that's can. that's insane. Man. Yeah. So, anyway, good question. What do you got, buddy? Uh, let's see. I was, oop, forgot to go to my own page. <laughs> that's nice. all right. I'll buy some time. Welcome to Real Talk, the number one podcast in the world. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is a nightmare. <laughs> All right. Oh, so first question for uh-huh. you, Todd. Sure. What are your thoughts on fivefold ministry? I oh, went to a man. Pentecostal church for a while, and a guest speaker came and talked about it as a new teaching. Then from there on, the church preached it as a normal thing. Okay, can you read the question one more time about when they, when, like when it came or whatever? Yes, like, I went to a Pentecostal church for a while, and a guest speaker came and talked about it as a new teaching, and from there on out, the church preached it as a normal thing. Um, but yes, five, five-fold ministry. And they want to know your thoughts on the five-fold ministry. I had to look it up to be sure what people, because I've seen this. I'm not this. even sure what a five-fold ministry the is. The concept of five-fold ministry comes from Ephesians 4.11, uh, which says it was he who, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Okay. Um, because of this verse, some people believe God has restored is restoring the offices of apostle and a prophet in the church today. Mm. So um, that's why people go by apostle this, apostle that. Um, yeah, it. so that makes sense. So essentially, probably the person that came was implying they were apostle. Um, however, Ephesians like 2.20 says that it's built on the foundation, right? Well, we have Christ later, but it says... Uh, I'm going to look it up because I don't okay. want to butcher it. Ephesians 2.20 talks about this. Ephesians 2.20. That kind of implies that's not the case. Apostle with a capital A, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, which we believe died after Paul, right? Well, there's nobody else that, yeah, it was taught directly by Jesus mm-hmm. in the spirit of flesh. Uh, and the, uh, Ephesians, I'll just read the NIV. It doesn't matter. Okay. It's built on the church, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. If the foundation was the apostles... And the prophets, we built a house on it. Are you going to go back down and tear the house off and rebuild it? Mm. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's so huh, interesting. Um, what was the actual question portion? Uh, it was, they just wanted your thoughts on, on fivefold ministry, and then they just mentioned how they went to a Pentecostal church and, and, and it be, is a guest speaker came and talked about it, and then they, they almost like adopted that teaching afterwards. Well, thank you for asking. I had to go refresh my memory. I've heard of the concept and, and what fivefold ministry is. So really what it tends to be focused around now is <clears> – <throat> <clears throat> is the idea that there are apostles and prophets to this day, you know, that have risen up, risen up. I've always said this about prophecy, you know. I don't know. Not the prophet, someone who claims to be a prophet is never going to contradict the word of God. Right. They're not going to give a new revelation. It'll just be 
you know, contradicts strengthening the word of God. So the concept of prophecy in general. I don't like the idea of people calling themselves prophet, mm-hmm. capital P, apostle. Um, I think it's very dangerous in a sense because it's very easy to assume an authority that they don't have. Yes, right? I'm I agree. above pastors. I'm above everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, but in the sense that five most full ministry is still active today in the sense that we still read the apostles' words and right. we're taught by them and the prophets in the Bible, then yeah, it's still active. In the sense that there are prophets or apostles with a capital A, you know, all that stuff, uh, I am very leery and I don't see that supported scripturally. Yeah, I... I agree with you, man. I, so, just my thoughts. I agree. Okay. I, I got nothing else for that. I think you... you. And it, it lends itself... It, it's very... I'm not saying they all do this, but it's very easy for someone to be spiritually manipulated in this way, too. 100%. Claim an authority that they don't Yes. Have. All right. So, uh, number... T- my, my number... I guess it's question three. Mm-hmm. I was going to say my number two, but... In theory, if someone... If... In theory, if some truly lived an absolutely perfect life according to the Old Testament law, could they go to heaven? So this is this is interesting question. I mean, and I I guess I'd have to say yes. If if they managed to live a perfect life in the Old Testament, Old Covenant, they would they'd be able to go to heaven. Yes. Yep. Except remember, do not murder and all that. Right? Oh, I haven't done that. And by the way, it's not just those; it's every other one. Keep yourself clean. Jesus told us, okay, if you ever had a lustful thought, then you've already committed adultery. That's if you right. You ever had a hateful thought, you've already committed murder in your heart towards your brother. So, yes, if you could be perfect, you could mm-hmm. go to heaven. That's the problem. You can't be. That's and right. You're not, and there is no perfect person because to be perfectly holy would mean even your intents and thoughts, right? Yep, it would your be. Heart, I guess your heart, yeah. Yeah, so, it's. So, so, yes, but that actually supports the gospel entirely of why we need Christ because it's impossible. Yep. And in my opinion, part of the reason that God gave the laws is to try to, well, both to keep his people separate, but also I think subtly, and this is my opinion. Let them know. You can't keep the standard. Yep. Can't so, do it. Anyway. It's a great question. Love the question. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Let's see. This is an interesting one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Do people still get demon-possessed today? If so, do we as Christians cast them out? So weird because we just had a conversation about this in the last (laughs) week. Uh, Shout out to T. Rent, our buddy. Um, We'll be a Rent House house intern here soon. But we we were in discussion with him, and I think it partly came out. We've had that discussion like two or three times. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um. So the question is, are do people do demons possess people today? Yep. Do people still get demon possessed today? And if so, do we as Christians cast them out? Um, I think it's entirely possible that people are possessed. Um, yep. Christians cannot be possessed because we're already inhabited by the Spirit, right? That's right. We are sealed with it, so something can't come in. Um, and Jesus kind of talks about this even when he describes when he casts out a spirit. He says, you can come in, cast a spirit, clean the house, but... That spirit will just come get seven more and come back, right? This demon. Mm-hmm. And the, the concept was that that verse seems kind of odd until you realize he's saying if you don't have something living in there permanently, Holy Spirit, if you're not saved, it yep. doesn't matter if you clean it up, it's going to come back. So, Absolutely. Uh, do I think... Wait, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. So do I think demons certainly are real? We know that scripturally. They in are, their, their, attempt, their goal is to influence and harm the people of God, the children of God, because mm. they cannot harm... Christ or, you know, can't, nope. they can't harm God. Um, we see in Scripture Jesus cast out demons, the apostles cast out demons. All right, so is demon possession still real? Uh, sure. Sure, I think it's I possible. Do I think, you know, it's like there's two extremes out there. There's the extreme that implies there's no spiritual things that happen anymore. That's a lie. We, mm-hmm. we know that. There's nothing in the Bible that says that stuff stops. Um, but there's people out there that think every single thing that happens is from demonic 
uh, sort of like, oh, the devil made me do it kind of concept, yep. which takes away and tries to make an excuse for the fact that we have a sinful nature. Mm. So, uh, yes, do we as Christians cast them out? Um, we are not apostles. You know, the apostles were the ones that were specifically charged to go around and cast out demons. Now, does that mean that we don't have an authority if we were to somehow run into that? Through Christ, meaning God's authority, and we we claim the authority of Him, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, I think that we could. Um, I definitely, yeah, I agree. You know, I, we have to believe that that's possible. Do I believe that mm-hmm. there are people whose jobs are to do that? I'm up in the air on that. You yeah, know, that's spirit, yeah, do I? Th- I mean, I can't tell. You know, I don't see that. There's no right, like. What makes some it, are what, called de- some are called demon exorcists. Some are this. Yeah, but do I believe that someone that you can certainly pray against demonic oppression, which oppression can happen. Even to Christians. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and the more that we don't follow God's word, the more easy it becomes. I kind of look at it this way. Oppression is sort of like you have a house. Your, your life, your, your heart, your body is a house. Um, a Christian, it's already inhabited by God. It's holy. That's right. They cannot come inside of it, right? Hmm. But they could yell and scream outside the windows, tell you lies, those kinds of things. Right. A person that's possessed, on the other hand, Nobody lives in that house. The door's unlocked. Just walk right in. No reason, yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that if they always are. Uh, because you got to realize the enemy is intelligent, too. If everybody around was demon-possessed, especially in our modern... Because now, we just talked about this. Nowadays, science is our God in the modern culture, in America. Anyway, oh, right? yeah. So to yeah. do that would to be to prove that there's something beyond science and would make people think about the spiritual realm more, I think. So it's not going to be as blatant. Exactly, man. But they, they certainly I think it could be, you know. Mm-hmm. That's my my thoughts. I agree with you, especially on like the whole like if it's someone's specific job because like I don't really see them as like what's the difference between like them and me? Like there isn't really. Them and who as far as what? Like the like you're talking about how like a, a appointed positions as being like a person who like goes and casts out demons. Like Oh yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't see what the difference would be between like like a person in that role and me besides just faith. That's the only thing. Like that's that's the only reason why you can even do it anyway. You know. So it's yeah, man, it's definitely interesting. Um Yeah, man. And also it's possible that we definitely know the occult and stuff, I think. Um when people get into the occult, that's part of the reason I think we're warm. There's sort of a an opening of that. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely to, to the to the concept because we're not told directly how it how s- some people are possessed and some aren't but i think there's something to the fact that an un- an unsafe person who delves far into the spiritual realm quote quotations right mm-hmm. you're opening yourself up to something that's yes. my thoughts and i definitely agree like we definitely have like the power to do that like when i think of even like christ right like when we talk you know this is something that came from a conversation was like the idea of I had a new understanding of what the King of Kings meant. Mm. Like he's the revelation, the, he, yeah. That's that right. Was reign. Yes, like the King of Kings. Like Jesus is the King of Kings. Well, who are the kings? Us. Mm-hmm. Like as Christians, and like that yeah. that comes with power. And yep. like I think that that through who our def- Father is yeah. exactly. So, um, but again, you know, even an unhealthy obsession in that way. I think there's Christians having an unhealthy obsession with. That. Oh yeah, because and, like, <laughs> a lot of arrogance can come out of that, yes. and that can get you in dangerous you places. You kind of think the way we kind of talked is you sort of think God's just the electricity, but you control when the light goes on and off. Yep. Right by flipping the switch. Oh so. yeah, it's all dependent on Him. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so here's a, here's an interesting question. Okay. And by the way, great, thank you guys so much. So many great questions. This yes. Week. How do I tell the gospel to someone that's been in church before and knows everything already? 
Hmm. Quote, and they put, quote, knows, end quote, everything already. I think you just have to, my mind went to two places. One is you just have to tell it like it is, Mm. make it as simple as possible. You know, and if they tell you, I know, it doesn't matter. You did what you're supposed to do. That's good, man. Um, The second one is if you, if, if, and I I can see why some people may not do this because I know I'd be nervous, is like try to make it as relatable as possible to them. Like if they know it, make it relatable then because then maybe it will impact them. You know, because I think a lot of the time we can get stuck in like the I know this and I know that. But if you can actually relate it to their life specifically, uh, I think it can get through that I know syndrome. Um, mm. So, yeah, that's, that's all I got for that one. <laughs> uh, that's Be good, man. Be confident, too. I would say, that's good. I would say, um, oh, goodness gracious, my mind just went blank. Um, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, so I think that that's, that's almost more dangerous. When someone think, it knows just enough, that whole saying, you know, they know just enough to be dangerous, meaning they know just enough, let's say, Bible verses, yep. that they can mix that with sort of a made-up theology, and then you can't... And I like that you said this, because you're saying someone who's been in church, so they've, they've heard the gospel, and they know, so how do you talk to them? You know, I think what AJ said is exactly right. You know, you know they're not a believer, and by the implication here, you do, you know, right? right? Hey, they've been to church, but I don't believe they're saved. You know, you can bring that up. One of the questions I like to ask people like that is, hey, you know, what are your thoughts on, like, how does someone become saved? Hmm. And ask them. And a That's lot of good. times what you'll find out is people that are church but not believers, they'll say things like, well, you know, you live a good life, and you believe in Jesus, and you go to church. Mm-hmm. And right there I'm going, okay, the, you know, what, what do you mean believe in Jesus? What yep. does that mean to you? Exactly. Right? Um, and then be humble in it, but confident. Right. Like, you know, what, yeah, don't what, be a jerk. What does the, do, you know, do you happen to know what the Bible says about, like, what it means to be a believer? Oh, yeah, I've done that. Well, when did you do it? You remember the day? You know what I mean? Just genuine conversation. And as long as you genuinely are asking because you want to know, I think people will respond well. And then oh, taking yeah. that opportunity to say, let's say they say something different. You go, well, you know, the Bible says that there are people out there that are going to know who Jesus is but they, they have not had a relationship with him. Do you know mm-hmm. what that means? Like, have you ever heard that? And that's something, and, and tying yourself in, to keep it humble. Like, you know, that's something that I didn't maybe know at one point because there's a point that we didn't know. No. So explaining that, because even that concept can become Christianese of having a relationship with Jesus. Like, that doesn't save you. What, what is a relationship? I don't mm-hmm. even like that sometimes if you don't explain it. It is, listen, a recognition of my sin, a recognition, so the problem, I'm sinful, I am doomed, mm-hmm. I have sinned against the Holy God, the recognition that Jesus Christ exactly who he said he was and trusting what he did for us and asking him to cleanse it, to give us that, right? And that, and that humility, you know, that happens. That, tr- that divine transaction happens. So, so good, man. I don't know. I hope that helps. Uh, but AJ's right on. I think just say it and, and follow the conversation. Heck, yeah. Great question. Yeah. Am I up? I think so. Okay. Um, next question. When the Bible talks about other nations' gods... Do you think they actually had any power or could do amazing things, like unnatural power that they used to gain a following? Yes, and I think those were demonic. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that agree. in the Scripture in the Old Testament. So if you look in Pharaoh's court when Moses came, we just talked about this too, weirdly, uh, <laughs> in our men's group um, at our church. Moses, when he came to Pharaoh and said, blah, 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 you know, Pharaoh said, hey, well, here are my mystics, my magicians. They turned sticks into snakes. Which they mimicked crazy. some of the same things that Moses could do. It just finally got to a point where he there was always a sign like Moses' snake ate them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff like that where God's saying your power is nothing. So, yes, I believe that. Um, we also see that. We talked about the story where 
the prophet, and gosh darn it, do you remember which prophet? Is Somebody's it, gonna know. This I get him one of the big prophets. He's praying and asks for help, and when the angel finally comes, he says, I'm sorry it took so long. I got into a battle with the prince of the east. That's right. I think it's isn't it Elijah? Uh, I thought that was it might it, be. I thought it was a J name actually. It was like Who? It was like a J this name. It's embarrassing. Why don't you look it up? Fun turn. Yeah. All right. Uh Angel fighting Prince of the East. This is embarrassing. I don't know which one, but um <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that they certainly did. Just like I do today. I believe that supernatural things can happen. People always go, Well, how do you explain their miracles? I'm like, it's explained in the Bible that you know, demons, fallen angels, demonic stuff, they have That's power. Right, they have, the yes. enemy is called the prince of this world. Mm-hmm. He is the greatest of God's. Yep. Says he rules over it, which is yeah. terrifying. Yeah. So great question though. Oh yeah. Awesome question. But God's but they're not equal to God's power. There's no like you know, a lot of times people like to think of life, I've seen it, where it's like God and the devil arm wrestling or God and the devil uh, playing chess. Yep. That's not what it's like. Mm. You know, God is is God. I like to relate it back more to the meme of Jesus crossing over Satan and Satan has his ankles broken. It's <laughs> <That's> ridiculous. <laughs> nice. He had no chance. <laughs> All right. Um, great questions today, man. For oh, real. yeah. All right. Hey, uh, here we go. Here's one that kind of brings it back to more of life stuff. You got it? Yep. Daniel. Thank Daniel. you. I knew it was one of the major prophets. Oh, That's yeah. embarrassing. Daniel. Daniel. There you go. We're way off. Here we go. Four. Uh, how can you be protective over your family, but also not let your heart become hard towards the person who hurt your family? It's a really a good great question. Qu- yeah. Yes, really good question. Um, this is, we've had a lot of like these similar questions come all over the show over the years of like, mm-hmm. You know specific situations, and one thing I'll always go into is is the idea of loving somebody from a distance, and that doesn't mean you have to be directly involved in their lives. Um, you know, your heart doesn't have to be hard towards someone, and you have to push them away. Like you can have, you can love them where they're at, and what that means is like, especially because it sounds like from this question, it's someone that you might be either close to or you just know them at least like enough to like, oh, like that is that person. Um. Mm. So, how do you be protective over your family? I think you you lead them in the sense of don't let them get into weird situations with that person. Like, don't allow that person to kind of, um, I I don't know, I can't think of the word, <laughs> sneak into like their lives. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like put put up a boundary with them, but you can still love them in the fact of like, hey, pray for them. You know, if they do need help, be be open to the idea of helping. It doesn't mean you have to, but, like, it depends on the situation. You know, just don't close off your heart to them entirely. That, I think that's where we can get lost is because just because we feel a negative emotion towards them, we think, well, that's just we have to push them away. Like, it's okay to to distance somebody from you. That sometimes, you know, you said this in the past, Todd, is, like, You've said like sometimes putting distance between them is loving them because yeah. it is hard to you know take that emotion out of it and not want to do any sort of harm or do you know or have that heart issue towards them. So it's like I don't know, man. You can love people from a distance by praying for them, by you know again being open to the idea of helping them. Um, again, just being open to it. You don't have to just go dive into this person's life every time they need help, especially if you have that, you know, if it's hard to love them, you know? Mm. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. Yeah, I think that depends on what you mean by hard. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think it's okay to do what AJ said. Dude, are you going to keep grabbing your shoulders the whole time? Because, like, this looks weird to people on camera. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my shoulder hurts really bad, like, guys. You went from grabbing this one to that one, yeah, then I grabbing know. your chest. Yeah, like, I had, it looks like, my, weird. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, my, my shoulder had, like, this weird shooting. Like, like I, like I moved in it, like, ah. And I was like, ugh. So, ah, and then, ooh, and then, ooh. Yeah, it depends on what you mean by hard. I think that to be bitter is wrong, to be hateful. I think what AJ said about boundaries is a good point. Mm-hmm. It's okay to harden boundaries and say, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to let you hurt my family, and this is the wall, and you can't come any closer than that. So That's good. Um, as far as how not to be hateful and bitter is to always remember who you are without Christ. You are a sinner. And you can make mistakes, and maybe that's where they are in a different way than you, but it keeps you humble, mm. you know? And um, that's what, you know, there's always the beauty of the gospel is that people change and that there's hope and opportunity for that. So, you know, instead of another way to not become bitter, and I mean this, something I've learned is praying for that person, praying for those people. Because somehow in the act of praying and asking God to to help them and change their heart and to protect them, There's, it, it's hard for you to be bitter towards people you're praying for. It's so good. You're right, man. It keeps you in the right mindset. It does. Do you have something from turn? No. I, I, well, I guess the only thing that made me think of when you said that, I was like, it also like it puts it in perspective because do you want to look at God and be like, oh, I'm so bitter at this person and God's looking down at you going, really? Really? Because what did I do? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What did I do? Do you really think that's what I want you to do with one of my children. Mm, it's good, man. Puts really it good. in perspective, even this sermon. I would Go check it out. It'll also help you look at the whole bitterness thing, mm. and it'll help you think about it because it puts it in a whole new light. This Which sermon? The one that you just did, Daddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that way people know. Cool. I love that, dude. That's a good, that's a good point. Hmm. Uh, you're up, man. Next question. Would you consider hypnosis a sin? I think that hypnosis can be dangerous, and, and here's why I mean that. I don't know, first of all, but here's what I do know. The Bible says that uh, self-control is a product of the Spirit, which means we are to be self-controlled. Yeah. What is hypnosis? You're controlling somebody else. Well, let's assume you're, let's assume you're getting hypnotized. Mm-hmm. What is happening? Uh, I'm letting, I'm, I'm giving up control. Exactly. Is that yeah. self-control? No. Yeah. So you're open, and you're opening yourself up to the suggestions of other people. Um, there's also, not in everything, but you know, uh, there's a lot of kind of spiritual occultish roots to some to hypnotic stuff. So, which we know we're not to mess with that. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what you mean by a sin. Uh, I would tell you this, um, and I've thought of, I, you know, I've, I've considered this before. I had a talk. It's probably who asked the question. Good, <laughs> good friend of mine from our church, but. Um, she she talked about this going to a show where it happened, and it can be entertaining. But I think it's pretty cool that she started going, man, this doesn't feel. And the, and the very fact that you, if you ask this question, it means something in you is going, eh. And I certainly would say, if you have, if the Holy Spirit is pricking you and giving you even a pause, that that probably means it, it isn't something to pursue, right? To be a part of. Um, it's so a weird I, thing. Yeah. So so it's hard for me to like. Though it doesn't directly say do not hypnotize people, right. I think you have to be leery of it, and I think that you need to be obedient to your conscience in that. Right. To me, it's almost like it's such a weird concept, mm-hmm. like hypnosis. Like it, it's like magic to me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I mean, it, I asked the question of her, I said, did did it work on people? And I think she said like something crazy, like out of ten people, it worked on like six, because they had the rest of them leave. 
come off the stage before they continued. Really? Wow. Uh-huh. That's wild. Because I, I, we had, in my, I, was it my senior year? They had a hypnosis guy come in, and he took a bunch of random students and did it. And, like, I was like, wow. Yeah, and that can definitely be used for not good. Oh, yeah. Imagine. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, good question. It was a weird feeling. I won't <laughs> lie that it's intriguing that they can do that. but Yeah, the power of suggestion, or whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Even that, it's an eerie way to mm-hmm. say it. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, is it my go? Yes. Yeah. With Christmas coming, I've been thinking about baby Jesus and then adult Jesus. When and how do you think he discovered his call, his identity? He was human, so he'd have no knowledge of that as an infant, obviously. Mm-hmm. Do you think he threw fits or fought with his brothers, talked back? I know these aren't important questions in the grand scheme of things, but I'm curious. Some mm. of that is important. Because at what point does it border on sin? Hmm, that and we know right. he, you know, he who had no sin became sin for us, as Scripture says. Man, as far as question, like actually. when he discovered his call, I know it says like it's, this is funny. I actually was looking into some stuff because I was curious about if Jesus ever performed miracles as a child. Because I was like, I don't know. And then according to some of the stuff I saw, he didn't. He waited till his adult ministry to perform miracles. Do which you remember, to me, though, when uh, his parents left him in the city and came back and found him teaching right, in the like, temple? Like, uh, Is that, like that's kind of miraculous, man. That's fair. That's <laughs> anyway, fair. but yeah. Awesome. yeah. But I get what you mean. Nothing like turning water to wine or those kinds of things. Yeah, right. I think that's because it would have announced who he is and he wasn't ready to. That's though. right. So, so, and I feel like he probably had some discernment especially if he was teaching people at that young of an age, you know? Yes, exactly. So it's like he had to have had a pretty insane amount of discernment of who he was. I'm going to guess he probably caught on pretty early. You know, now I'm not going to sit there and say, like, as an infant, he was like, I am I am the, the savior of the world. But, you know, like, there had to have been something relatively early for him to know, in my opinion, because of what he was doing. Like, that, in order to teach it, people at that age in a synagogue, like, he was certainly well advanced, you know, early on. So I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you exactly, like, at an age or anything, because I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting. Sorry, I want to jump in Oh, yeah, go quick, for it. Just because we talked about the story. Luke chapter 2, the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, 40. Uh, I'm going to start at 40 through 52. I'm not reading the whole thing. But mm-hmm. 40 says, The boy grew up and came strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was with him. It talks about him being born. Every year, his parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up, and according to the custom of the festival, after those days were over, as they were returning, the boy... uh, Okay, when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the festival. So when 12, you're supposed to take the, the... After those days were over, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming he was in the traveling party, they went a day's journey, a whole day, like, hey... He's One, two, three, somewhere. where's Jesus? Like, yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days. So that's, so that's is that four? four days. Yeah. After three days, they found him in the temple complex, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Okay, so he wasn't necessarily just teaching. He was, he was asking questions, though. And all those who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. Okay. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother asked, said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Makes sense. She's like, we were worried sick. But she says, your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Here we go. This is the, the clue to me. Why were you searching for me? He asked him. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. <laughs> so, 
Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. Hmm. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. So he was obedient to his parents. He said this strange thing at age 12 of, why were you searching for me, mother? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Remember, they didn't call him father like that. That wasn't, that's part of why they wanted to kill him, remember? Mm -hmm. Is that Jesus said my father and and I. He said that at at 12. 12. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Uh, it's interesting. May, I don't know. Maybe that was. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was. You know, it's hard because like I don't. It's hard to say that's the exact moment because the way he spoke, he made it seem like I understood this a long time ago. That's what I mean. <laughs> so, fully God, fully man. What does yep, that mean? Exactly. Um, also, that's the perfect Walmart story by the way you leave your kids in Walmart. That's mm-hmm. except they come back and he's running Walmart. No, exactly. <laughs> anyway. But, it's a great question. Yeah, and as far as, like, all the other stuff they said, like, you know, did he throw fits or, like, fought with his brothers? Like, I'm sure there was, like, some sort of, like, extent to that, but that's not always sinful. Exactly. Can you, like, tussle with your brothers and it's not hateful? Exactly. Sure. Through fits, what does that mean? Did he cry when he wet his diaper or when he was hungry? Sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think he fell on the ground and banged. It was like, because it said he grew favor with people. Well, how does someone get favor with people as a kid? That's a, exactly. Yep, he was well. So no, we know he didn't sin, but I mean beyond that, I think he hundred percent acted like a child, and that's mm-hmm. what it makes you. Like I said Sunday, you know that that baby Jesus in the manger was born to die, hmm. and that's heartbreaking. So interesting, man. Uh, you know Mary, man. You think about it with Mary a lot, and Joseph, um, for Joseph to adopt him and to know, because remember. Angel spoke to Joseph, too. People forget that. He said, take care of this child, right? Because he wasn't going to. He was going to, remember? He was, he was quietly divorced him. Yep, yeah. quietly divorce her. And he said, don't do this. Mm-hmm. What Mary says is true. Gosh. And then Mary knowing, like, because I don't think she knew he was going to die necessarily. I don't remember what it said, but I, she definitely knew what he was. This and then was imagine her world. having to, like, like she said, why'd you make us worried? It's a typical mother. It's like that idea of letting him go. Like yes. he's not just mine. Mm-hmm. Especially he looks at her at one point, the whole family says, who is my mother and brothers? This is my family. Everyone, this is my family, whoever does the will of God. Gosh, dude. And, and so it's pretty, they're pretty amazing people. Go ahead, Clint. The first time I ever, now I don't love the pentatonics in general, but Mary Did You Know oh, is okay. a song that they created that right. made me actually think ironically. They didn't create that song. They didn't? I thought they did. No, that's that the only is, rendition I ever heard. That song has been around for a long, long time. No. What is it? Mary, did oh. you know? That your baby boy would someday... It's the only version I've, I've heard. No, I, I've heard there's another version. Now I have version, to prove it, because these guys never believe anything I say. I don't know I, if I've ever heard this song. I know. I mean, I just talked to AJ about it. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard this Mary, song. Mary, did you know? It's actually really good. Uh, yeah, who was the original singer? A guy named Michael English. Interesting. Was for, who was one of... Mark Lowry's band members, apparently. What? Mark Lowry? It was actually written by a guy named Buddy Green. Buddy Green. I like this guy. There you go. Huh. Interesting. So anyway, the song, though, in general, Mary Did You Know, changes the way you... Yeah. I agree. Very interesting. Yeah, I I should listen to that, because I I don't think I've ever heard it. Kind of a haunting tune, really. Oh, oh, yeah, it is. And it makes you kind of sad, because you're like, oh, no, Mary, did you know? Mm -hmm. Did you, did like... And the moment that she realized what was happening, because you you wonder if 
if Mary actually figured it out before, like she started like seeing the signs and like before Jesus was crucified, did did Mary go, oh, or did she not know until the crucifixion? Right. It's I don't know, man, because I think I even think of like parents like now, right? And I think of how hard it is for them to let go of their kid and like let them have to make their own choices and let them go into the world and to know like an angel came to her and said, this is the savior of the world. Like that's gotta be, you know, that makes it even harder, you know, like, mm. cause like you said, he just, even from what he said as tw- at 12 years old, like, you know, like he was well advanced and I'm sure he had his moments of like when you noticed that, like even like Sorry. saying that, that one question, right. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. like, did you know I had to, you know, I had to be in my father's house? Like, almost, I almost like it'd be almost creepy in a sense of like knowing like this is something that's so much farther above me, I can't even fathom it. <laughs> or if she even had those thoughts, right? Who knows? Like, maybe her motherly instinct over overran those, like those. Who knows what those were? Those thoughts of that, I don't know. But. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. I mean, she was human. Yep. Despite what people will tell you. You know, it's so crazy. She's not a virgin her whole life. She had other children. Mm-hmm. It's just something to point out because that, you only think that is something interesting because of what, you know, people try to, there are people out there that worship Mary and they can say they don't, but they do. And mm-hmm. I'm not talking about an entire religion even at this point. I'm just talking about there are people who, who, whether it's misunderstanding of the theology or whatever in their fate that puts that, puts her, at, you know, as equal. Interesting. Um, but anyway, it's interesting. Yeah. It is. I think you're up, right? Um, I believe so. Let's see. And then we'll kind of call that, after that, I think we'll stop and then move on to a couple articles. Okay. So in John 14, Jesus is talking to the disciples about leaving to be with God and the Holy Spirit coming among them, acting as a counselor, and it says verse 16. Uh, my question comes from my, my study Bible, as it says, and this is, quote, The Spirit's indwelling of the believer is instantaneous and permanent, but believers may pursue the filling of the Holy Spirit, and from that feeling comes the real power. And then the, the question is, what is this feeling that they are talking about, and how does one receive that that uh, feeling? Um, okay, well, I don't know what kind of study Bible you have. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Um, what I would say really quickly is, if they mean this, I would agree with them. Because there are, we've talked about this before, there are people who sort of believe there's two different moments of things moving. Right. Um, I guess. I guess for me, the way I kind of took it is uh, that the the spirit is instantaneously like the indwelling of it is instantaneous and permanent. So it's saying as soon as you put your faith in in, in Christ, like you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, right? So like that is mm-hmm. that is sealed in you forever. And then after that, there is uh, oh gosh, sanctification. The, the 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 changing the yeah. changing of of yourself to look, to be more like Jesus yeah that journey yeah so I will say this so let me tell you where I think it goes off so I agree with you I think that when we come to know Jesus we are permanently sealed with the Holy Spirit and there is an implication though that this fullness of the Holy Spirit does that not every Christian experiences that okay so stay with me so then people go oh it must be a second event that's not the case what hinders God's sovereign rule over every aspect of your life. Sin. 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 So when we choose to continually pursue sinful actions, when we sin, we are grieving the Holy Spirit, as it says, which then means we're not 
we're not yielding our entire lives to the Holy Spirit. So what does an entirely yielded life look like compared to one that isn't? So think of it this way. Instead of like you're allowing the Holy Spirit uh, through your actions, by the way, God is sovereign, so it's not like you're over him, but I mean, you're, you're, I like the word submitting your entire life to the Holy Spirit, and that's when the miraculous happens. That's when, you know, which we've had those, if you've ever been in those moments when you're truly living and following his commands and doing all that, that, that that's when there is a different kind of security. You don't doubt as much, right? That's why, like, Peace. let's take pornography among men. A lot of times you see a man who's angry, shameful, upset, irritable. You end up finding out, a Christian anyway, that he has been, maybe he's in pornography, let's say, for instance. That's why men don't realize it affects them. Well, why does it make you feel shame? Well, when you feel shame, what do you do? You doubt your calling. You doubt your ability. Mm-hmm. You know, all those kinds of things. Oh, so, yeah. um, and I believe Ephesians, that's what I was trying to look up to while you were talking. Um, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Ephesians. And so when we grieve the Holy Spirit, the, uh, the Holy Spirit, because 1 Thessalonians talks about it too, we we quench, it says quench the Spirit. So mm. if we have a fire in us and it picks your whole body, I mean, it's in there all the time, but how big is it? Does it? Is it raging in your entire spirit or have you put water, for lack of a better word, and in this case sin, you have doused some of its flame? Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yep, that makes Does sense. Does it make sense? Yeah. So really, I think it's more, it's probably what he's describing is you can pursue obedience and pursue a rich life with God. And when you do that, there's going to be a feeling mm. of security, power, you know, uh, security is the best way to put it, of peace. of peace of who you are. That's when the fruits of the Spirit are truly evident in your life. It's really good, man. And if not, yes, you are saved, but... It's not the same, right? I mean, no. we, we know it. Think of the people in your life. We always say smell like Jesus. Those are typically people whose lives are more fully surrendered in, in obedience oh, yeah, to, to God. Dude. And that's that's one of those things. Like, it's not basing your salvation on uh, on on good acts to acknowledge that when we are obedient to God, it affects our lives. That's Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's it. You know, sometimes we talk about grace here, and you know, you can't lose your salvation, and that's so important for people. That is true, but don't ever misunderstand that what we're saying is what that your sin doesn't matter after you become. It does matter. It still affects your life. It still leads to death, and it quenches the Holy Spirit's ability to truly transform, encourage, counsel you in its life. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Or if a better way to describe it is when you when you live in sin and choose to continue to pursue that stuff instead of being obedient and growing in sanctification, you're turning the volume of this world up so loud that it's more difficult to hear. Mm. And if it's more difficult to hear, then you're not going to be able to to do the amazing things sometimes nope. that, that we're because you're not hearing where he says, turn right, turn right. Does that that's make right. sense? Yep, it does. I don't want to confuse people. No, I think I think okay. that's a great, really if good there, If there needs to be a follow-up question or that was confusing, guys, please drop that in the comments below. Yes. But uh, Great, great, great question. I love questions like this where... You know, we get, I love all the questions, but I think that's great. I do want to leave, we'll leave with one very serious question. Okay. And then we'll go. Toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Over or under? Over. Fun turn? Easy. It's an or question, fun turn. So you don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Um, you mad, man. Uh, I'm, I'm going over as well. Yeah. Under, it's, it's, it's too easy for the whole thing to go... Yes. Create a mess. And, and it's, it's a lot easier. To tear. Yes. yes. In fact, I'm pretty sure you some... go under, you have to, it's like, you have to like go well, under the whole it, roll. Gonna, and, and you, you got to touch. Yes. You have to literally touch it, other it's people's on this side. stuff. Yes. Instead of it flowing over the front, it's going to the back. This. 
Yep, it's right there. Yeah, in fact, I've heard this to be true. I've not looked it up, but I've heard if you look up the actual patent for toilet paper, it is shown to be over. Makes the most so sense to me. Over. Huh. <laughs> that's what I've heard. <laughs> look it up. And, and as a matter of fact, that's how I've always remembered how to how to load uh, receipts into re- receipt machines. Because it's I call it reverse TP because it has to it has to go under. Interesting. That's yep. a good way, man. Probably people remember that. Did you ever train people? One person. Did you tell them that? Mm-hmm. I bet they remembered. I hope so. Unless they go, what do you mean reverse? Yeah. And then I'm... you go, you're fired. Get out. <laughs> you're <Just> fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what? You're fired. Yes. Hey, we're going to move on to a couple news articles. i got Real News, Real Views for you guys. What is that segment? It's going to pop up here probably. Real News, Real Views, where we give you our real views on the real news of the day. There you go. Perhaps news that you haven't learned. Yep. AJ? We tend to outsource very heavily for these. If there's some you specifically want to talk about, certainly bring it up. Okay. Do you... uh, do you, here, do you, want me, you know what? I'll go first while you look, unless you have one right off the top of your head. Um, we got I, several here, guys. I definitely have one that's okay, very interesting. Um, I'd love to hear it. Let us see, see what's going on in the world. So, the one that was very intriguing to me is, this is the headline. Virtual mega yacht sold for $650,000. AJ, did you say virtual mega yacht? I did say virtual. Meaning not physically here? It's not real. Okay, let's move on. That's right. It says, a yacht featuring two helipads. For helicopters. Yep, a hot tub and a DJ booth has been sold for a whopping $650,000 in the sandbox virtual gaming world. Oh, my good gosh. The identity of the Metaflower, Super Mega Yachts buyer, is unknown. Last week, Metaverse developer Republic Realm reported that had successfully sold the Metaflower Super Mega Yacht for 149 Ethereum. Which is the equivalent of six hundred and fifty thousand U.S. dollars. That's right. And if you're un- unfamiliar with what Ethereum is, that is a cryptocurrency. Uh, with the sale, the digital yacht became the most expensive NFT non-fungible token, which is something we should probably discuss at some point. Mm-hmm. Asset in the sandbox, which is a metaverse built using the Ethereum blockchain, which allows players to gather digital collectibles, create their own games, and monetize their playing experience. <laughs> so, oh man, so it's crazy. Uh, because we uh, just to stop there for a moment, that there is essentially a ver- you know if if for those of you that are, don't understand what, what a sandbox is like when, when they're referring to the, in the gaming world as a sandbox, it's just an open world. That's what it is. It's just a completely open world, and this is a virtual sandbox of just anything. <laughs> they're like you can do it almost essentially whatever you want, you know, and you can monetize the experience so you can make money off of this off of this virtual world. I want you to listen to this. This just sounds so crazy. Mm-hmm. Republic Realm that has even created a backstory for the digital island paradise, noting yep. the legend of a lady pirate poet named Agadora Humphreys, who settled in the archipelago, archipelago. Yeah, there we go. Before embarking on the creation of her utopia. Yep. Today, this is a quote. Quote: Today, a hundred lucky island owners live in her magical dream paradise. The developer said, they're building a utopia in the metaverse on their private islands, a utopia governed for the people by the people. What if you uh, focus on doing that in reality? Yep. So, this is crazy. Digital real estate on the collection of islands reportedly sold out in under 24 hours Yep. and had an entry price. That means to even get in here. To get into this place. 63.9 Ethereum, which is approximately $280,000. That's right. To live in a... Ver- uh, to- you're not even living there. I don't know why I said live. It's just because I've been conditioned. They're going to make us live there. I mean, yep. that's what's going <laughs> to... You are, you are putting on 
goggles of some kind to go to this place, and the minimum buy-in is $280,000. It's wild, man. It really is wild. And, you know, if those that don't know the meta, metaverse, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think they invented it, but we know, you know, all of the Facebook. Someone told me that what the best way they can describe it, it's almost like they're, they're creating a real-life Ready Player One mm. scenario. It's just insane. Yeah. And, and the last thing I wanted to point out from this article, and it says, Earlier in November, a piece of virtual real estate was sold for the equivalent of $2.43 million in the online world of Decentraland, which is another kind of, it's just another, in quote, server that people can go virtually live in. So a, just a piece of virtual real estate doesn't huh. exist. It's just thin air for two, over $2 million. Yep. It, for, for our anime peeps out there, uh, think Sword Art Online. Hmm. Very much so like that, except without the being trapped in the game yet. And that's a, uh, that's a uh, what is it called? Uh, anime. Anime, yeah. Which is a big, big. Uh, we have a lot of we have a lot of viewers that love anime. Yes, and it just it just blows my mind, man. The reason why I wanted to to put this article out there is just because like we are in a time of society where people are willing to invest millions of dollars. Into mm-hmm. things that don't that aren't real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to put on a pair of goggles to see it. It's just it's thin air, and it's crazy to me that you know they've people have managed to make these these worlds that people can go into and and get them to invest in it for so much money. Like that's wild. Even, even says like this like oh they, they they're governed by the people for the people. Like what does that even mean? It's a it's a virtual world. Like, you know, you even mentioned, you, know, you did a little funny side note, like, well, what if we did that in real life? It's true, though. Like, we would rather f- we would rather create our own fantasy world than focus on the actual real world issues in, of, of what's uh-huh. what's reality. Well, or your conspiracy theorists, if you uh, admit there's any kind of problems with the real world government. Right. You which know? just got a shadow banned again. Probably. Which is the fact that I said shadow banned. That's okay. This is a real thing. Who Look cares? Well, at this point, Actually, it's not it, like... It, if anything, I don't know if you noticed, but our last week's episode, there's no comments on it. They've deleted every single comment. They said they we can't have comments on our on our show. Literally, for everybody watching, not that you're going to be able to comment. Try anyway you can try. on one platform. Yep, one specific on one platform. platform. Yep, on the YouTube, platform YouTube. of face novel. Okay, face novel says that you know people would literally be like, yeah, Jesus, and they, and they got they shot shot us screenshots mm-hmm. to our to our show where they were banned. The comment was flagged, including one I, we, I did back saying, oh, thanks so much for sharing your views. It got flagged. So sitting here telling us that this stuff isn't real is, is absolutely ludicrous when mm-hmm. it's affecting our show. That's right. And it even says that the reason, okay, I'm going to put it in our terms, is that they don't want viewers shows to get viewership up through a lot of comments that essentially they don't want us to get big, nope. bigger. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. So... So we didn't get us. They didn't allow a single comment on. No, nope, I went back to look at it, and it says it. The, the post itself says the amount of comments it has, and when you click in to go view them, you can't see a single one. <laughs> yeah. So if you are one of those people that, first off, don't quit. Keep writing comments and keep reporting it over and over and over. That's right. Because they let you do that. It's Eventually, I'm hoping that yeah, appeal it. Hey, I got a little interesting one for you. All right. Uh, page 13 of our nice. notes here. So uh, this is going to sound, at first, I'm not saying I'm against this, but it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. So the headline is, a new. this comes from encrononline.org, um, which again, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what that's from, but or what that website is, but it is a .org. 
And it says, New Children's Bibles Rethink How Christians Share Old, Old Story with Young Readers. Hmm. Starts by, uh, so essentially, the, the problem is only two stories in Ida's children, children's story Bible focused on women, and most popular children's Bible adaptations were much the same. Hmm. So this mother turned a crowdfunding site Kickstarter for, for, to, for support yep. to publish a gender-balanced Bible storybook. That's right. She blew past her goal, raising nearly $95,000 last week to print a first run of the book. The quote, the Book of Belonging. Book of Belonging. Which also features diverse illustrations by Rachel, Rachel Eleanor is expected to be released by June 2023. Mm-hmm. And this is her thoughts. If we want to raise followers of Jesus who wrestle with God and ask important questions and fight for justice and admit when they're wrong and love their neighbor, we need them to see themselves in these pages mirrored back, said Clark, a former editor of philosophy and religion books for National Geographic. Hmm. In the video accompanying her Kickstarter campaign. Yep. Uh, publishers have also answered that need with a string of new and upcoming children's Bibles. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just... <clears throat> God's colorful... Uh, it gives an example of some of these storybooks where people are already creating them. Um, we see, uh, quote, one of them is called God's Colorful Kingdom Storybook Bible, the story mm-hmm. of God's big diverse family by Esau Macaulay. Just announced for release in January 23, we'll pull together stories showing God's desire for a multi-ethnic family that cares about those the author calls, quote, the stepped on. Not against any of that. That's good. Oh, that right? sounds nice. Um, uh, the author says, I found myself often having to reinterpret stories or edit them. Or I would say things, okay, I want to, That's this is where my problem is. Yeah. I found myself often having to reinterpret stories or edit them. Or I would say things like, the Bible has this vision for all the different nations, peoples, and colors of what would be part of God's family. But then I would open up a gift book, and everybody there was white. <laughs> so I don't have an issue with the idea of like making sure the children's storybooks look like the, the, the people look Israelite, for instance, look right. um, Jewish, you know? Because uh, Middle Eastern people, you know, they look different than your, what's called Caucasian, right? They're That's typically. right. But I don't have a problem with that for the, in the art, you know? Right, or even Egyptians, you know, uh, black, you know, all that. Here's the thing. I I do not like this sentence. I found myself often having to reinterpret stories or edit them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes on to say, oh, my good gosh. Uh, he says, it will be a while before his children are old enough to read, I don't know this book, reading while black, he said. In the meantime, he wants them to hear the same stories that formed him growing up in the black church. Yep. God's colorful kingdom storybook will include the stories of familiar figures like David, but rather than focus on his battle with the giant Goliath, his book will f- uh, emphasize how God instructed Israel's greatest king to care for the poor and needy. I don't really have a problem with that. Yeah. It's more just highlighting a different portion of... Right. Because uh, typically when you talk about David, they do talk about Goliath. I don't yeah. have a problem with that. That's kind of cool because he does tell them to do that. Um, it'll also include the stories of lesser-known figures such as Hebrew midwives who saved Moses as an infant, Simon the Cyrene and the Ethiopian eunuch. But again, you're going to fill in details that aren't there. Right. Um, the question isn't, quote, excuse me, guys, for that weird burp sound. The question isn't, quote, which stories do you tell? It's what gets highlighted in the stories that you tell. When I was growing up, these are some of the stories that were brought out. Uh, a large push, this is the article, for new retellings of the Bible. New retellings of the Bible yep, have come from Christian parents who are finding their faith evolving. And here we go. Those who identify as progressive or, quote, ex-evangelical Christians have especially been clamoring for new materials, said Tracy Smith, author of Faith, Faithful Families, Creating Sacred Moments at Home, and a pastor in the Presbyterian Church. 
mm-hmm. looking for resources that encourage children to ask their own questions and that avoid theological ideas they view as harmful. Man. These parents can't just pick up any children's story Bible off the shelf, Smith said. Mm-hmm. Uh, she remembers being terrified by a Bible she was given to a little girl that featured sweet, sad-eyed, precious moments characters and also described hell as, quote, hotter than your stove that you touch, she said. Now, that is kind of terrifying, but and maybe there's a better way to do that, mm-hmm. but still, um, that experience still informs our ministry decades later. The pastor and author curates resources she recommends in a weekly email for parents and a Others involved in children's ministry. Mm-hmm. The stories survive for 2,000 years, so it's not the stories that are problematic. It's the lenses through which we view them, Smith said. That's the problem I have with this movement. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff they say is interesting. So the, I don't mind the idea of why do we only tell Goliath, David and Goliath to kids? Let's highlight the part that God said, I want you to take care of these. Of the needy, know? right. Um, but it's it's it's... People sense there's something powerful about the story. There's something powerful about creation. There's something powerful about resurrection. All those themes, people still claim them. I think it's a subversive act sometimes to reclaim them in new ways. What a weird thing. To say and claim. Yeah, but more conservative Christian publics are also seeing the need for resources to emphasize diversity and curiosity, such as uh, Zonder Ki- oh, I Wonder by Zonder Kids, an imprint of Zondervan. Mm-hmm. Um, the mama, fo- sorry, go ahead. Anyway, you guys, talk- I'm just trying to like hit, hit some more highlight. Yeah, it's a. Uh, this is concerning. Oh yeah, man. Well, it's it's just uncomfortable, like some of the stuff they say, and that's why I understand why you have a thing against well, this movement here. Like, well, I mean, it just listen to this. This is a good point. Children's story Bibles quote help set the foundation of faith for little ones end quote according to Megan Dobson, vice president and president and publisher for Zonder Kids. It's their first experiences and interactions with the stories and with the faith. That's why it's so important to Christians across the spectrum of faith. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, it, it just... was that it weaves a story through stories. So, so that's the problem I'm having here, too, is you're, t- you're admitting to reinterpreting... Yes. And what was the other one? The real sentence? I'm, I found myself obviously having to reinterpret or edit stories. That's right. Um, you know, that <laughs> that's such a concern, man, because where does that end? Right. Um, and what does that truly look like? Like, how far are you actually taking this? Because you're exactly. going to quickly go down the rabbit hole, or not even a rabbit hole, into an area where <laughs> you are now, you are manipulating the word of God as if you are God. Here, here's some other questions from the book of belonging. Yep. Why was God gendered? Why were so many angels blonde? Why was the Holy Spirit never mentioned <laughs> in this story of Miriam, I guess? I, but, like, why was God gendered? There's another problem. Right. Um, once you start asking questions and looking for change, it's contagious. Mm-hmm. It's intersectional, Clark said. One issue grabs after the other. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know, man. Because there, there is just, there's always, there's a distinct difference between, like, looking for, like, legitimate, like, like asking legitimate questions. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, then just, and, and highlighting certain parts, like right. sharing stories that aren't typical. I'm, I'm cool with that. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But when we start making up details and, like, and that affect the story, you know, or making... Like, writing meaning into something that isn't there. 
or that idea of reinterpreting. You don't get to do that. No, you, or, you or, or maybe even more concerning is the, the word editing. Yes, yep. editing is a That's terrifying word. That's probably more concerning. So yes. I guess why I read that or why I think this article is interesting, again, I'm, I haven't read the book or seen it. I don't have a problem with like wanting you know, to, to focus on the fact that God, you know, didn't start in America, or the Christianity didn't start in America, you know, those kinds of things. And right. That the God of the Bible views us all as his children. It doesn't matter if you're Chinese, African, you know, whatever, that that when you, Paul says that, it doesn't matter, Jew, Jew, Greek, male, female, we're all, you know. That's right. United by the Spirit. I think that's great. I think it's great to highlight certain characters for certain reasons. I love all that. I do not like the idea even that question, why is God gendered? Like, I don't like these questions. And the fact that it's that it's linked to the, quote, progressive and ex-evangelical, end quote, movement mm-hmm. is a problem for me. Because there isn't yeah, a man. progressive Christianity. There's there not an ex-evangelical be. Christianity. There's Christianity, and we've got to find it. Yep. We don't interpret meaning. We find the meaning. Yep. We don't create our truth. We need to find God's truth. That's right, so, man. It's just interesting to me. He- I'm pretty sure Jesus talks about this, too. He talks about this to people like any one of you that hurts these young ones. Oh, that's a great point. What's considered hurting them? Yeah. Exactly, because in my mind, I, you know, I, I have a very big passion for youth and, and for, for the children in, in the fact of, like, we need to teach them. We need to show them Jesus. We need to talk about not only Jesus, just the whole Bible and teach these children, mm-hmm. um, because I came later in life. I came when I was in school still later, and I didn't get to grow up in Sunday school, but that's a big deal because there's a lot of kids out there that don't know him, yep. and there's a lot of things, and if you want to grow the church strong, you want to continue to grow the church or truly grow the church and and bring new believers, you have to start when they're younger, and that doesn't mean that older individuals cannot become to know Christ, but it's a big deal to go to the young children and go, hey, let's teach them and teach them about Jesus because you're going to make strong believers. So what are we actually doing? Are we giving them? A, are we giving the church not only a sedative, but also hurting these children terribly for when they are faced with, okay, you have mm-hmm. these stories, and then you go and find a real Bible, and then you read it, and you're well, like... Well, by that point, they'll have already changed that. Right, they'll have some sort so of... I, I think the bigger question is, where does it stop? Exactly, where does it stop? And like, I think one of the key things I see is like, they're, they're, they're directing the focus in the wrong place. So when it even like it says like and she hopes she hopes it will help more children to see themselves in the story of the stories of the Christian faith. Like I think that's nice, but you're focusing on the wrong thing because instead of you're you're making it seem like well because I'm a girl and and girls aren't in the Bible more than men. Well then I'm that's that's bad. Yeah. Instead of seeing it that's as it. well, I'm a sinner. Ooh, that's good. You know yeah, that's what we should because be you do see yourself in the Bible because you are in it because you are a sinner mm-hmm. and you need Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, but they, they're, I feel like they're almost slowly pulling that focus Changing away. Changing identity to yes. other things. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they are. You're making the identity about all these others, these worldly things versus what, you know, Paul says. It doesn't matter. So yep. anyway, uh, great thoughts, guys. I don't know. Something for you guys out there to be paying attention to is like, you know, what are your kids? I think that about our church a lot, you know, making mm-hmm. sure uh, that's an area of concern in our church has always been children's ministry. And it's, it's tough to find people passionate about investing in children, which is crazy when you realize that Christ said, you know, don't stop the little ones from coming to them for theirs is the kingdom of God. Like, um, so, you know, it's important to what we, what we teach our kids intentionally mm. and convicting for me that we need to, to make, you know, really make an effort. What are we showing the kids in our lives? Not just by our lives, but are we intentionally sitting down and teaching our kids? It's good, uh, man. The Bible and scripture. So 
Good stuff. Hey, good show today, I think. Yeah, man. I had a lot of fun. Me too. So, Merry Christmas to all you guys. Merry Christmas. We hope you have such an amazing Christmas. Thank you for the gift of your friendship. Mm. Merry Christmas to us. You guys couldn't do it. We couldn't. We really couldn't. You got anything else you want to say? Uh, Just, again, stay strong, guys, out there who, you know, share and like it and comment keep, yeah, doing, please keep it. doing it yeah. you know i know it can bright it can be frustrating we get it um and we appreciate you continuing to support us even if it is getting you know deleted and or we, we usually yeah that's true so um we appreciate you guys you know hang in there with us um keep supporting keep sharing keep liking commenting Man. um if you are watching specifically from youtube please hit our subscribe button if you haven't subscribed already hit that notification bell so you you know you can see when the latest episode is uploaded and if you are watching from Rumble, hey, keep that Rumble train strong and give us a Rumble. And hey, you know what? I love you. <laughs> Got anything, fun turn? If you're on any of our Spotify, pod, Apple Podcasts, or any of our podcast uh, outlets, please leave us a review. If it has the option to leave a review, leave us a five-star review. Leave us something cool. You don't even have to be too in-depth with it. You can say you like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, just leave a review with a comment on it, please. It really helps us on the business end of things and helps us get to the next level that we're looking for and keep pushing those comments. It can't help but uh, reiterate what uh, AJ said. Eventually, they will break, and we are going to push until <laughs> they, they do. They break. Uh, so leave comments everywhere, wherever you're listening, or if you want to leave comments on all of our social medias. Obviously, we're on Rumble, we're on YouTube, we're on everything. So yep. I hope you have a wonderful day. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New we'll Year. Be back before New Year. Right? Yeah, I think we will be I think back. We will be. I don't know. So, Merry Christmas. See you next week. Have a Christmas. Anyway, <laughs> hey, he said it. We love you guys so much. Like, share all that beautiful stuff. Shout out to Sierra, one of our uh, favorite viewers. She, I know she shared actually the podcast because she's like super know cool. So, thank you so much for all the great things you said. Um, that's it. You know, we're on every single social media thing you can find, mm-hmm. platform. You can also check out our church where you'll see some of the sermons. We have a channel that we never tell anyone about. It's true. If you type in the Remnant Church and Spotify or any other various things, you'll you'll find that. You'll mm-hmm. have a, I think it has an R on it. I don't know. Yep, it's our fa- well, fancy R logo. So check that out too if you want to know more about us or go to www.theremnant.life. That's the church that sponsors the show. Other than that, if you want to donate to the show, we'd really appreciate it. It is completely tax deductible and you will be helping to ensure that this show continues. You can go to www.theremnant.life slash give, drop down box down to Real Talk, and you can be assured that it goes directly in here and claim that on your taxes if you'd like. Boom. Other than that, we really, really, really do appreciate you guys. We hope you have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas, and have a great day. God bless you.